Thank you for listening to Ivy Podcast, where we feature weekly leadership conversations with thought leaders and industry experts. Now, here is your host, Cesar Romero. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Ivy Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about customer experience. We live in a world when customers can reach businesses in a lot of ways, right? More, more ways than, than ever before. And they expect short wait times, quick solutions, and even personalized interactions at every touch point. With today's customers' expectations higher than ever before, how can you position yourself and your team in a way that you can deliver a great customer experience? And I'm excited to dive into this question and I'm excited to bring on my guest for today, Susana De Sosa. Susana has over nine years of experience in customer experience. She is currently the Senior Manager of Customer Support at Loom, where she empowers users to be the best version of themselves and, and achieve more with their team. She was, or she is the, the third employee at Loom and has helped the, the company scale to 120 Loomates and counting. Before Loom, she helped launch and grow Airbnb's European headquarters to over 600 employees. When she's not helping companies scale and provide great customer experience, she's paying it forward as one of the mentors for the Portuguese women in tech community and also sharing resources and advice for job seekers in her personal blog. Susana, I'm so excited for today's episode and thank you so much for taking the time. No, thank you. Honestly, Caesar, um, thank you so much for having me today. It's a pleasure to be here. No, it's, it's a pleasure. And let's let's dive right into it. So let's let's start with uh, what you're currently doing now at Loom, and just just give us a background. You know, for those that might not be familiar with with Loom, um, what mm -hmm. Loom is, what is the problem that Loom is solving, and what falls under your current role. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd be happy to. Caesar, honestly, Loom is such a simple concept. It's video messaging for work. That's it. It's that simple. It basically <laughs> combines how expressive video is with the convenience of messaging. So you were talking about those instant personalized interactions. Well, that's Loom. Almost like video messaging in a sense, right? So um, I would basically describe Loom as a new, more efficient, an effective way of bringing our work into life so that we can communicate with our teams and our customers. Um, in terms of which problem we're trying to solve, honestly, Loom has so many use cases. You can record your screen, your voice, your face at the same time and basically create an inst instantly shareable video in less time than it would basically take you to type an email. So we're making people more efficient in the way that they communicate. And this goes from you know, onboarding new employees to troubleshooting customer issues um, to code reviews. Loom just makes it easier to get your message across 
quickly and clearly as well. And then in terms of what I do at, at Loom, um, thank you so much for the intro, by the way. That was amazing. You made me sound way better than I am, definitely. But um, I, I currently oversee the support operations at Loom. Our focus is to create a support experience that is not just efficient, but also educational and human. And this is both at scale with our free users, but also individually with our enterprise customers. So this means that right now I manage our team of 15 people, fantastic 15 people uh, in the support team, as well as the operational strategy. Awesome, Susana. And the intro, that's all you. I, I just put, <laughs> put all the research together, but uh, no, it's 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 impressive what 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 you've done. And I appreciate just, that. Thank you. Just to echo what you mentioned here, um, I've been a fan of Loom for the past two years. Uh, and I really like Loom because it brings your whole humanity, right, through video, right? Uh, mm -hmm. And through my work at, at Mind Valley, being a company that it's spread out across the world. Uh, we use Loom a lot to, to communicate uh, in a way that text uh, would not be able to um, fulfill that, that goal, right? So I'm a, I'm a big, yeah. big uh, Loomer over here. Early adopter, I see. <laughs> Early adopter, for sure. Uh, I, yeah, I could go into it, but um, <laughs> before diving deep, deeper into you know, customer support and customer experience, I wanted to make a, a quick stop, you know, in, into your journey uh, through Airbnb, uh, because it, I understand that you, that was one of your first jobs in tech, right? So I'm, yeah. I'm very curious, uh, what was the journey like? You know, what were some of the challenges that you had to overcome and how do you help scale the, the team you know, to 600 plus employees. So I would, I would love to take a deeper dive into that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I started at Airbnb back in 2011. They were still a young company, I mm -hmm. think just after raising a series B. Um, they were just becoming popular. It was around the time where there was that big scandal that hit because one of the guests had ruined the hosts, um, right. you know, listing. So they were hiring like crazy. And I remember back then there were around maybe 250 people in the company. And mm -hmm. I thought, wow, this is a massive company. Um, <laughs> but departments were still, you know, being built out. Uh, workflows were being created. You know, everything was, was kind of new. Yeah. And I started as a support agent. Um, at some point, I was moved to the payments team, which I loved with all my heart. I absolutely enjoyed that challenge, you know, dealing with, uh, payment processors and, and just making sure that, you know, our hosts' payments got to them. Um, and eventually I, I started managing that team as well. So our, our main challenge was really to provide that payment assistance to not just hosts, honestly, but also guests and Airbnb partners um, and to make sure that we were recovering funds so that the business could continue to grow as well. Um, I learned a ton, honestly, during my time at Airbnb. It was truly, truly a life-changing experience for me, not just with how it shaped my career, um, but also with the people that I met. To this day, I'm, I'm super happy to call many of them my friends. And um, 
after a couple of years of working at the Dublin office in Ireland and helping grow it to 600 people, as you mentioned, I, I ended up moving to Amsterdam to find a new adventure. I, mm-hmm. I wanted to, you know, start something new. Yeah. And um, I, I missed Airbnb. I only after like leaving it, did I realize what an amazing, amazing company. I mean, I knew while I was there, but it's, you know, after you lose something that you appreciate it so much more. And that is truly a testament at what, you know, Brian Chesky and the founders really built there. It is truly a fantastic company. Taught me a lot, um, invaluable experience really. Um, and, you know, that led me to Loom, which, you know, I am so grateful for um, when, when I found it. And maybe I'm getting ahead here, but um, when I, I found Loom and I learned about the product and the company, I was absolutely sold. I love the concept. I thought it was incredibly useful. Um, so I messaged Joe, who is our CEO, uh, one of the founders, and I basically just asked him for a job. And now it's been, you know, four years and Loom has evolved into a product that I'm super, super proud of. And the team is just fantastic. So I'm very privileged to have been given this opportunity, starting with Airbnb and then uh, leading up to Loom as well. No, that's that's awesome journey. And uh, I totally agree with you. When you're part of a company and you're doing work that you love, um, you know, days fly by, and it's not. Yeah. It's not. It's not only after you leave that it makes you realize. Oh wow, you know, that was a. Uh, great group of people doing amazing work um yeah but but most of the time i would say that uh, in order for us to keep growing we have to leave right because uh, there's only so That's much growth true. that we can achieve at um at one place so with that with that in mind uh what were some of the i guess key lessons that you took from airbnb to loom that are mm-hmm. serving you into what you're doing now That's an excellent question. I would say that above all was the concept of customer support. Mm. Airbnb is is a hospitality company. Mm. And, you know, when you are thinking about the experience of the customer in a hospitality environment, that's Mm. typically a little bit different than in tech. And one of the things that I'm most privileged or grateful for is the fact that I was trained with customer support in hospitality in mind, mm-hmm. and that really shaped how I provide customer and how I think about, sorry, how I provide support and how I think about our customers mm-hmm. um, at Loom. That was definitely a huge lesson. And then, you know, tons of lessons when it comes to managing teams, hiring people, learning how to coach people, how to develop people, um, all of that important personal development and career um, opportunities were really, really life-changing for me at Airbnb. I got training from, you know, the best trainers in the world that were working with, you know, the founders. I was able to access opportunities that I am incredibly grateful and, and lucky to have been a part of. And all of that helped me grow professionally, but also personally, right? So that was was incredible for me. No, absolutely. And Someone that's been, I spent seven years in the tourism and hospitality industry. I can attest to the power of obsessing about the customer experience, right? Uh, Whether it's customer support, customer experience. It's one of the key elements in helping scale a company. Uh, So uh, that's awesome. So yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, 
it's something that you can always bring with you, right, to whatever project that that you transition to is that mm -hmm. obsession over just providing a great customer experience, right? And you get that in in tourism and and hospitality. Yeah, absolutely. So with that with that in mind, uh, you mentioned a couple things here that. Um, I want definitely dive deeper, uh, but mm -hmm. before we do that, um, in your own words, uh, how would you define what customer support is as it pertains to, to a business? Yeah, that's a, a really interesting question because to me, it all boils down to one thing and one word actually. So customer support is opportunity. It's, it's really the opportunity to help and advocate for customers. It's the opportunity to share valuable user feedback to shape and guide the product. It's the opportunity to sell and upsell services to create additional streams of revenue. Um, and it's the opportunity at the end of the day to create customers for life, right? So customer support is opportunity and support teams really represent the brand. They represent the company. Without a team providing a strong support experience, you're just missing out on a huge, huge opportunity. And what would you say are some of the misconceptions that people have about customer support? There's a ton, I would say. <laughs> um, they're also kind of like local to certain places. So here in Portugal, mm. when you talk about customer support, people think, oh, call center. And mm. while that's not wrong, it's also kind of an incomplete idea. But I think the biggest misconception, at least to me personally, is that support is often seen as a cost center. Hmm. I think that, you know, when people hear about support departments, they think of cost centers. And while that is accurate in mm -hmm. a way, so basically the resources that we do spend in support are a cost to business, that is a fact. But it's the incomplete picture once again, because being a cost center and a growth center are not mutually exclusive. So for example, I'll talk about support at Loom because that's the closest example I can give you, but support at Loom is a valuable driver of revenue for us. So every interaction that we have, whether that is with free or paid customers, um, there are opportunities to unlock Loom's values and honestly to upsell our products. So at the end of the day, if you're leading a support or a customer experience team and that team is not very effective, it might be because we're, we're not sharing insights or we're not closing the feedback loop with the rest of the teams. Within the Loom org, for example, support is what we call the voice of the customer. Mm -hmm. So we're responsible for representing our customers' feedbacks, their wants, their needs to the teams that build product. If we refer back to one of Loom's core values, for example, that core value is lead with transparency. We think that when information is open and accessible, we're able to make decisions better and faster. In other words, essentially, we must always advocate for our customers and we must always be the voice so that we can be really, really impactful. So in this way, we take support away from being a cost center and into a growth center instead. I like that, you know, growth center, um, especially <laughs> with, with today's technology. Um, I definitely had that misconception uh, in the past where mm -hmm. I thought you know, customer support was uh, seen as, as, a, as a cost center, right? But uh, fast forward to today, that's definitely changed my perspective because when you interact 
with a customer of what, whatever company it is, right? It could be Loom or mm-hmm. it could be anywhere. Uh, that's an opportunity there to not just fulfill whatever request the customer has, but also delight, right? Uh, with, exactly. With the experience, with the interaction. Um, now, with, with this in mind, I know, and you, you mentioned this um, previously about teammates, right? Uh, and how important it is to hire and train the the right people, right? Uh, because if one one of the teammates providing customer support, it's not on their A game, right? Um, it's it's gonna it's gonna show right that that performance. Yep. So, what are some of the key, I guess, key skills, mindsets, or or training that you provide to your team to make sure that uh, everybody is always providing the, the best customer support possible? Yeah, that is an excellent question. And it's super timely because we just hired six people in December. So they're coming out of their onboarding and going into <laughs> kind of like the real world of tickets yeah. and, and not having, you know, um, in a way as much visibility and support as we have been giving them for the past uh, couple of months. So I think it's extremely important to keep an open dialogue, right? Um, Make sure that, you know, as a manager, I'm having constant and frequent one-on-ones with the entire team. Right now, it's getting to be a little bit complicated for me. We have 15 people on the team Mm -hmm. and meeting one-on-one with everyone plus all the other meetings is um, something that I've been struggling with. And therefore, I start feeling that I'm not doing my job as a manager, that I'm letting mm-hmm. them down. So for me, it's extremely important to have that open dialogue, to have transparency, and above all, to understand how they're feeling, if they find any gaps in the training, if you know there's any sessions or, or, or trainings that we should put together to make sure that they feel supported. And it's really all about that trust and that support. Um, and in that way, we're allowing people to do their best work. I typically say that my job is not to support customers, it's to support my team. Their success is my success. And if I'm not there for them, if I don't know what they need, if I can't um, support them in a way, um, and then I'm not doing my job. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you 100%. And I'm a big fan of doing one-on-ones uh, until it becomes unscalable. Because <laughs> yeah. I... I believe that one-on-ones really provide the space, right, for people to mm-hmm. um, just open up, right, and, and have that relationship, you know, with with mm-hmm. manager or other teammates, right. Uh, mm-hmm. So uh, I'm so happy that, that you mentioned one-on-ones <laughs> here. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I mean, like when you when you're growing a team as well, right? You need to what you said, like it doesn't become scalable. I totally agree because we need to understand that workflows that mm-hmm. worked well for six people may not work well for 15 people, right? So we need to expect that workflows will break, the culture of the team will change, mm. and you know, different dynamics will be created. And this is all a good thing. It means that the team is evolving, the organization mm-hmm. is growing. Um, but I think that the challenge here is to make sure that we're doing everything that we can to lead with transparency and empathy so that, again, the team feels supported, you know, through all the changes. People typically don't love changes. And that's just, you know, a reality for all humans. So um, I think it's, it's really important for managers to provide context 
to lead with a why, um, and most importantly, to just be human. Because at the end of the day, we're all working towards the same goals, the same missions. And um, it's absolutely crucial that we're all on the same page. Yeah, I know, absolutely. And there's there's a couple of questions I have following up with this. Um, one yeah. is on the on the hiring uh, aspect. You know, when you are looking for candidates, you know, what, what are some of the things that you look for in terms of skill sets or, or even, you know, mindset, right? So that's yeah. one part. And, and the other part is, since we're talking about scaling and giving your experience with Airbnb um, and Loom, you know, going from employee number three to 120 Loom mates and counting, I wanted to ask you about um, some of the systems, right? And, and mm-hmm. things that you have put into place in order to continue scaling. Um, so those are the two questions that came to mind, but let's let's start with 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 the hiring uh, aspect. With the hiring, yeah. I think that's a, that's an awesome question because so this is a topic that I really really care about. Obviously, hiring and you know helping people find uh, a job and and all of that stuff. And with um, Loom growing from you know six people to 120, almost mm-hmm. 130 now actually this week, which is very exciting. Yeah. Um, I, I keep losing track, honestly. <laughs> Every um, month is different. <laughs> exactly, which is a very, very good thing. Again, we're super yeah. privileged. Um, but, you know, looking for, for excellent people in, in customer support. And I've been extremely lucky to have a team with fantastic people with very low attrition. So everyone that has come, um, almost everyone has has stayed, which is awesome for me. So in terms of what, what do I look for, um, soft skills, it's really looking for people that are showing signs of empathy, they're showing signs of self-awareness, they're showing signs of you know being curious, passionate, ambitious, ambitious. Um, people that are curious learners that ask questions, that raise their hands when they have a suggestion. Um, those are the people that I really want on my team because they'll push each other and myself to continuously grow and to improve not just the product, but literally everything around it, right? So there's workflows that we need to improve. There's documentation that we need to create. And we need people that are thinking ahead and they want to help Bloom grow into that. So I think that we can definitely teach, you know, hard skills. Customer support is not rocket science. Um, we, we can teach and train people to be the best possible customer support agents that you can encounter and have a delightful experience. But you can't really teach empathy, right? And you can't mm-hmm. teach self-awareness. Mm-hmm. And especially now that the workforce is moving into a more like hybrid mm-hmm. model and people will work more from home, people will, you know, have that async and online communication style. It's extremely important that we hire people that know how to communicate that understand the intricacies of uh, the online world. The, you know, when you remove that face-to-face interaction, sometimes, you know, meaning can get a little bit lost or some confusion may happen. So it's really important for me that I'm hiring people that can navigate all that and that understand how to be successful as well. I really love, Susanna, that you mentioned soft skills because, <laughs> you know, just from looking around, I feel like sometimes uh, hiring managers or recruiters put too much emphasis on technical skills. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not saying that they don't matter. Right? Of course they matter, right. especially uh, depending on their role. But I love that you mentioned that you can teach people 
this the the hard skills right as long as mm -hmm. they have the right mindset the right attitude empathy kindness being curious ask questions so if you're listening to this and you want to go through the recruiting process at loom and you have susanna uh make sure that you, you show uh and ask questions and be be curious yeah. that's right <laughs> It's it, it's important, right? It's important, Super important. Uh, because you can't teach that, and I hundred percent agree with that. Um, so yeah, now, hundred percent with with the scaling part, right? Because mm -hmm. I know that you have experience with that. Um, what are some of the things that uh, either you put into place or the company put into place to make sure that you know the they could grow and sustain mm -hmm. that that growth? Yeah, so um, I think this goes back to when I was talking about, you know, workflows change depending on how many mm -hmm. people you have. Yeah. So in the support team, we grew from zero to 15. Mm -hmm. um, and that's like a small startup, right? That's the size right. of Loom three years ago. Right. But Loom grew from, you know, six people to 130 people mm -hmm. in that same time. Yeah. So a lot of things broke um, as we scaled. And I think... What it all comes down to is communication and making sure that we have the right platforms to be able to communicate, to be able to access information and to understand where to find that information as well, right? So people need to be all on the same page. If you, if you have a question, you should be able to find that in the documentation. And mm. if you can't find that in the documentation, you should be able to know where you find that information in terms of who you should ask for it, right? So. We have Slack for communications with mm -hmm. the team. We have Notion for our internal knowledge base. And we have adapted a ton of other uh, platforms and tools to make sure that we have been able to um, scale according to the needs of the business as well. Yeah, I, I agree with you 100%. You know, communication is the first thing that, that, that suffers when a company grows. Yeah. Right? And, having the, the right systems to keep the communication flowing is, is key. Um, and I, have, I had a question and this is something I, I just thought about. Um, what's, what's, the, what's the right balance of, of I guess, sending looms you know, <laughs> between the team or, or, or to a customer? Does, does every interaction uh, happens through Loom or is, is it more of like, hey, th these are the, instances where a loom is more appropriate versus text. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I, I'm just curious about that because I, I would use loom <laughs> for anything if, if, if I could. <laughs> I, I love that. I, I think also this, this is a great question, but there's definitely a balance, right? So um, in customer support, we have to realize that, you know, not every request is created equally. There's uh, requests that are just meant to be like quick one touches. There's requests that are more complex in their nature. So we tend to use Loom for the ones that are more complex, mm -hmm. for the ones that require a little bit of back and forth, for the ones that, you know, we want to explain something. So we just record our screen instead of typing out, you know, 10 steps in an email. So that's really where we lean on the power of video to communicate is in those interactions that are more than, you know, a quick, hey, this is how you do it, or hey, this is the article here, or your video is ready now. Um, those more transactional uh, interactions, those we just wanna, you know, make sure that the customer has that information, 
for the ones that are more complex, we definitely lean on power of video. And the same goes for, you know, our team communications. Mm -hmm. If I want to send a, an update to the team, I'll do that through video or mm -hmm. through Loom in this case. Yeah. Um, sometimes I don't need to get everyone on a call if it's a quick two minutes Loom, um, especially because I have people all around the world and time right. zones are an issue. So sometimes you, you want to make sure that people are on the call they can react to the news, they can give their feedback, they can participate in the discussion. And yeah, 100% synchronous you know, uh, communication is the way to go there. But if it's a quick update, lean on Loom because that's probably the best way, the quickest way, the most efficient way to get your message across. Yeah, got it. No, that, that makes sense, right? Using video for more complex issues, um, totally. <laughs> Totally get on board with that. Uh, Thank you for the question, though, and I love that you've been using Lumaton. I am a Loomer, so just to give you a, a quick uh, <laughs> little side note here, I, besides work, of course, I typically use Loom to make friends on LinkedIn. Um, I do like a quick one-minute video to a, a new connection. Uh, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. Um, but the people that have uh, I accepted my LinkedIn requests. They have all said, oh my God, no one has ever sent me a video. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just, you know, one, one more way to, to, to use Loom to, to, it's stand, unique. to stand out, right? Um, yeah, but yeah, absolutely. Like I said at the beginning, it's a tool that allows me to bring my whole humanity, especially mm -hmm. in a world where it's remote, right? Um, and speaking of that, um, I wanted to ask you about the pandemic and, and COVID-19 and how, oh, yeah. how has this impacted uh, your work or your thinking about the future of, of work? Um, yeah, so um, 2020 was a really tough year for yeah. obvious reasons, right? Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> apart from uh, the devastation that we know about that COVID created, um, it also actually fundamentally changed the way people will work in the future. Yeah. Um, and that is amazing in a, in a sense. So it really forced people all around the world to start working remotely, mm -hmm. literally from one day to the other. And it, that's not an easy thing. It's not easy to go from an office space to a remote setting, yeah. especially if you're relying heavily on in-person communication. If you're, if you're not equipped at home, to you know, work mm -hmm. remotely. It can be a huge, you know, uh, roadblock to your productivity. Yeah. Um, personally, I was already working remotely before the pandemic started, but I can 100% see how going back to work is not going to be a reality for a lot of people. Mm -hmm. We're already seeing incredible companies, you know, adopting a hybrid approach to work. Spotify, Salesforce, Twitter, mm -hmm. those have recently um, announced different types of work from home initiatives. And I think that, you know, this is just going to massively impact the future of work as people choose to move away from those huge, huge cities and into maybe like smaller hubs where quality of life may be better. I think companies have a lot of work to do in terms of adjusting and adapting. Online communication is probably going to take off like crazy and have a really, really, really important role. Um, and even like the benefits in the companies, right? Mm they're going to have to be designed for remote workers or yeah. remote employees. So I think the future of work is going to be hybrid. I think that there's a lot that we are going to learn and I think it's going to be really exciting. 
Yeah, no, I, I echo what you said, because uh, even for, for me that I had been working remotely for a couple of years, uh, I had to upgrade my home office because, you know, everything was, was going remote now. And I, little by little, I added a standing desk, I have the microphone, I have some light, <laughs> exter external camera, because it was just like, okay, if I'm going to be in this home office, pretty much a big chunk of the day, might as well exactly. just make it um, better, right? Um, yeah, make it more comfortable, make it more productive, make it a space you actually enjoy working yeah. from. And yeah. I think that's so important because most people didn't have that option or, you know, maybe they're just waiting to go back to work. They didn't invest, the company didn't invest. And that really hurts the idea of working remotely because mm -hmm. I don't think a lot of people are equipped to do that correctly. So yeah. kudos to you for really investing in that. I think it's super important. Yeah, no, it's it's important, right? For, for your own uh, productivity and health. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly, and health. Yeah. <laughs> Now, Susanna, I, I, I know we, we touched a little bit on job seekers and recruiting, um, mm -hmm. but I, I wanted to ask you about your personal blog, uh, because I know that you started that uh, with the intention of help job seekers with the recruitment process, right? Especially in, yeah. in tech. Um, we already mentioned a few uh, things about the re recruitment process, but uh, I want mm -hmm. to ask you, like, why does that matter to you? Like, why did you start that blog? Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for asking. I think that um, the blog was started in kind of like a, a very um, unofficial way. Mm -hmm. But, you know, at the end of the day, when I look back, and I said this before, last year was incredibly difficult yeah. for job seekers. We saw so many people lose their jobs as companies, you know, downsized, so many jobs being made redundant. I kept seeing messages, you know, in LinkedIn where people, mm -hmm. you know, they were talking about going through multiple recruitment processes. They were not getting offers. Yeah. The, the competition itself, you know, super tough. Yeah. So again, like I, I didn't think that it would kind of like grow the way that it has grown, but I, I just wanted to help. And I find that oftentimes people, they aren't aware of certain opportunities that aren't posted maybe like job boards or LinkedIn. Um, anecdotally over the past couple of years, I've been you know able to connect friends looking for jobs mm -hmm. to companies where they later start working and, you know, I facilitated the discovery part, but the merit of landing the jobs or the roles entirely there is like, I had nothing to do with that. But because of that, um, I wanted to try to do this a little bit at scale and help people other than my friends. Um, so going, um, so far as it's honestly, it's going great. And I've, I've received wonderful feedback. The blog has been read by people in, in over 60 countries and yeah. I've gotten, you know, received thousands of views. Um, and the best part is it actually has helped at least one person land a job, find and land a job. Um, I saw so that. When I got that message on LinkedIn, I was beyond happy, um, absolutely made my day. So that's exactly why I made it so that, you know, people that I don't know could actually find a company that they really, really care about, that they're passionate about the product and the mission and potentially get a job and change their lives. So that's, that makes me super happy. Yeah, no, I, I saw what you shared on LinkedIn about uh, mm -hmm. that person that messaged you. And thank you so much for, for doing that and, and sharing your knowledge and just helping out because you're right. In this, um, I guess, era that we're living uh, where yeah. a lot of people are pivoting 
right? Or being first mm -hmm. to pivot into an unknown industry, you know, into a, a new career path, just having some guidance on how to approach that uh, goes a long way. So, uh, I mean, it makes sense why, why you started, but I definitely want, wanted to ask you about that. Um, uh, I also want to ask you about the mentorship that you're doing for mm -hmm. the Portuguese women in tech. Because uh, I'm a big believer in mentoring and paying it forward. Um, mm -hmm. So what, what does being a mentor mean to you? And why, why does, does this matter to you? Um, yeah, absolutely. I, I love the Portuguese women in tech community. I've been involved with this amazing group of women in tech for the past two years, I think, around that time. And honestly, like, I, I couldn't be happier. I've met inspiring people who have pushed me to grow. And I constantly, constantly, constantly get a ton of value from this community. You said before, communities are fantastic. What happened in Texas was an example of that. Yeah. Um, and online communities, again, like they deliver so much value. Um, I think we're, we're going to see them become even more popular in the mm -hmm. future as people gradually search for new ways to connect, especially again in this hybrid role that we're going to see. Um, the Portuguese women in tech community is honestly like one of those communities where everyone is just so happy to help. And I think that it just creates a fantastic environment for growth, for, you know, the discovery of new ideas and honestly, a lot of fun. Um, a huge, huge shout out to the founders of the, the community, Inej and, and, and Liliana for the fantastic work that they've done, um, which has in a way allowed me to also become a mentor for, you know, other people joining the program that has been an incredible experience. Um, I've been able to share knowledge and experiences with someone who is a curious learner. And at the end of it, I was able to walk away with new friends. And that to me is just fantastic. Um, the second program actually is starting super soon. So I'm super excited. Um, it's a, a really, really great opportunity for me to learn more and just meet inspiring people. Um, I honestly can't wait. I love it. I love it. Uh, yeah, community is uh, it's it's very important, right? Um, yeah. And how do you how, how do you incorporate uh, I guess mentorship into the work at, at Loom? Do you incorporate that at all or? Um, yeah. So. Um, we, we don't have an official mentorship program yet, but I know that that's something that we will continue to mm -hmm. look into. And I think that provides a ton of value to any business um, in the world, honestly. Um, in my personal day-to-day, -day, I try to include some of the mentorship principles into mm -hmm. kind of like my one-on-ones, my coaching, mm -hmm. if possible. Uh, but at this point, it's nothing like official. Mm -hmm. um, and it's more on kind of like a, a, a need basis versus something that is established, unfortunately. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I guess you're, you're doing it also with, with your blog, right? That's a, a form of mentorship, right? Um, sharing your, your knowledge and advice to job seekers out there. Um, Thank you. And uh, all right, so shift, shifting gears here a little bit. Um, yeah. <coughs> I want to talk about uh, tech and innovation as it pertains to customer experience and customer support, mm -hmm. right? Um, what are some of the trends that you're excited about uh, or maybe, you know, new platforms or technologies that um, 
are going to impact right the way we do customer support, customer experience, right? What are what are you curious about? Yeah, I, I get curious and really like passionate about you know everything that is new and shiny. I, I love technology, <laughs> I love new ideas. Um, but to be a bit more specific, I think automation without a doubt. Mm. Um, actually, I should say automation that does not feel like customers are dealing with a robot maybe mm. even like human automation in, mm-hmm. in that way. Um, this is something that we're always researching at Loom. Our, our user base is growing every single day and you know we're faced with choices. Do we support all users? Do we mm. support free? Do we support paid? Do we assume that all users want to talk to support? Mm. They probably just want access to information fast. So how can, we, how can we deal with that? How can we provide the best possible customer experience based on the needs of different types of customers. Um, and, you know, we have, we don't have actually unlimited resources. Mm-hmm. So if we right. look at the resources that we have and the challenges that we have at hand, we might need to get really, really creative with how we facilitate that type of support, right? So um, I, I know that I've talked about this, but the type of support that is efficient, that is educational, that is human, um, both at scale with our free users and again, individually with our enterprise customers. So for me, automation is the answer. It's, it's about being intelligent. It's about understanding what our customers want and then also being able to deliver that seamlessly. It's, it's not about robots. Sometimes people hear automation and they're like, oh, chatbots you know, right. robots, whatever it is. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's about anticipating needs. Right. Mm. So it's about data. It's about learning and it's about making things more efficient. It's about um, being so proactive about the business that you actually are able to cut operational costs and then reinvest those into the product, into the team to make sure that you're improving both the platform, the service and the experience for the customers. I love what you mentioned. It's about anticipating needs. Yeah. I think that's that's the name of the game there, uh, especially <laughs> as I mentioned at the beginning, right? We live in a world where customers expect like quick solutions, right? Self-service, mm-hmm. like if I go to your website or to your knowledge base, I'm expecting to find the answer right away with a quick search. And yeah. if I have to talk to someone in support, right? I'm expecting that experience to be personalized to my needs, uh, Mm-hmm. based on the context of, of the issue right so um, yeah it's a it's a it's a challenging time but also exciting right uh, to that's be exactly in, what it is in customer customer support right customer experience um, so what are what are some of the I guess some of the platforms or some of the things that you have put into place to make sure that you anticipate the needs as much as possible. Um, do you collect feedback, right? You know, what's what's the process look mm-hmm. like? Yeah, that's a, a great question. Do you have six hours? We can cover it all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking, but I, I would love to give you an overview still. So um, Quick overview. at kind of <laughs> at the automation level, we love looking for trends. We mm. I try to identify keywords, for example, and then we set up triggers to make mm. sure that if let's say a support request comes in that matches certain conditions and and keywords, then we can immediately take care of it and get that information to the customer as soon as we possibly can. And that for us has been a huge win. We've been able to 
um, handled thousands of inquiries with good CSAT because we still measure satisfaction for those automated ones. Um, and customers are happy to get that information. So that has led us to actually dedicate resources into building ways in, in the platform itself where we can proactively um, anticipate customers' needs. So that is going to be a chatbot, um, hopefully being launched in a couple of weeks. I'm very, very excited for that. So information super fast. And then the next iteration of that is going to be actually deploying that proactively with answers. Let's say if, mm. you know, Caesar, you're recording a video, the video, you know, stop processing. I'm sure that has happened to you as it, it has happened to many <laughs> of our users. And you're like, what, can I recover this? Can I not? And imagine, you know, a little pop-up being like, hey, your video is actually missing one part. Here's how you fix that. And you recover that video. So um, collecting this data, from our customers mm. collecting feedback, as you mentioned, has really enabled us to kind of like create a roadmap of what can we do today? What do we need to do tomorrow? And mm. then how can we plan even for the future? So we're super big on automation and I'm very passionate about this topic as well. Um, there's a ton, <laughs> a ton that we can do that we have done, uh, but the opportunity here is just astronomical. Um, if I look at our user base today, and this is something that Joe, our founder, is very passionate about too. And he's like, well, you know, you look at it today and then imagine a hundred times the number. What are we going to do to be able to support that growth? Like, it, like think about it, right? And that's where you can really look at blue sky scenarios. You can look at costs. You can look at, you know, investment opportunities. And you come up with amazing, hopefully amazing ways that you can scale um, without hopefully breaking too many things for our customers. But <laughs> it's a huge challenge, huge opportunity, and, and I really love it. Thank you for asking that question, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, uh, I think that question is both scary and exciting at the same time, right? Like, <laughs> imagine yeah. 10, 10 times the user base. Oh, well, right. What would that look like? But I really <laughs> like um, the foundations of gathering data from your user mm -hmm. base, right? Uh, feedback and constantly iterating based on that. Uh, I think yeah. that's that's a winning formula in any project, really, or or any company, right? Because ultimately, you want to serve your user base to the best possible, and mm -hmm. one of the ways uh, to ensure that you do that is through data, right? And and mm -hmm. feedback. Um, so, thanks for sharing that. Um, Years here. I'm a big fan of failure uh, because I think failure can teach us more than success, right? Uh, as yeah. soon as you as as soon as you have an open mindset. Um, so I want to ask you um, if you have a favorite failure of yours, uh, or maybe a situation where because because you failed, it set you up for success later. Uh, mm -hmm. So I wanted to, to talk about that uh, for our next question. Yeah, I, I love this question. I, I fail all the time, honestly. <laughs> I think it's time for people to embrace that failure yeah. is just part of life. And yeah. you know, it's okay. Just make sure that you're learning something, you're taking something away from the experience. Um, I, can, I can definitely tell you something that happened to me at Airbnb. I was, um, and this has stuck with me for ages, as you can tell. Um, <laughs> I was working in the payments department 
and I issued a check to a host that had been banned. Mm -hmm. And this this was not not a small check, basically. It was a couple hundred or a couple thousand dollars, I should say. Um, but the point here is that it was to a host that Airbnb had deemed a scammer. So mm. it was the worst possible thing that I could have done right. ever. And what it taught me was that by not panicking, by going to my manager immediately, by explaining the situation, I was then able to work with our finance manager and the mm. payment processor to then revert that check. And we just have to realize that sometimes people make mistakes um, and sometimes they are too afraid to speak up because, mm -hmm. you know, the consequences are real or can be real. And the fact that I was able to speak up was because literally my manager created a safe environment for mm -hmm. me. And not all managers do that. Yeah. And yes, it was by far not a great situation. I was definitely worried I might lose my job. But to this day, because of that manager and because she taught me what it was like to create a safe environment, to create a trusting relationship with your employees, I also try to create that same safe environment for my team to make sure that if someone makes a mistake, I am there to support them through it. And we try to find a solution together until it's resolved. And, you know, in the event that it can't be resolved, that we at least learn from the situation together and we take the steps to prevent it from happening again. So that time at Airbnb where that happened, it was traumatizing. Yes, it's been like, what, eight years? And I, <laughs> I talk about this like all the time, but it has really, really taught me um, that, you know, mistakes happen. We're all human and we just need to make sure that you know, we're there for each other and we can grow together. I love that, Susanna. And <laughs> I think if you are a manager listening to this episode and you have managed to create an environment of trust, honesty, transparency, and an environment where your staff is not afraid to come to you, you know, uh, if they made a mistake, I think that's, uh, you can consider that a success because that is so yeah. important. You know, if you're a, a staff member feeling like no matter what it is, you can go to your manager and have a conversation, right? About exactly. what happened and how you can, you know, take uh, measures to prevent that of happening in the future. So I'm really happy that you mentioned that because it's, <laughs> it's so important, right? Especially now in a remote environment that yeah. it's, a, it's a little more challenging to, to create that. Um, Absolutely. Awesome, Susanna. So before we, we wrap it up, uh, I, I always like to ask, I guess, um, about any book, any course, um, or anything at all that you're consuming that is helping you add value right, to, to your mm -hmm. life. Right? It could be a book, a course, or audiobook, whatever it is, right? Uh, <laughs> Whatever you have for us, uh, just share. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I think this might be a, li a little bit cheesy, but um, <laughs> recently I've been consuming a ton of the masterclass classes. Mm. Um, and specifically, there's one, The Art of Negotiating, I think the title mm. might be, but with Chris Boss, yeah. I believe his name is. Yeah, It's so good. It's honestly so good. And I think that, you know, I'm probably not never going to be in a hostage situation where I have to negotiate with. <laughs> hopefully not. You know, hopefully not. But um, just the principles of it and how they are so transferable and applicable in literally any single situation in your life is just so important. Um, yeah, I, 
Yeah, I, I mean, it's just the, there's this wealth of information in Masterclass. Um, I, I really love it. And, you know, I'm a big like TED Talk uh, fan as well. So I, I tend to watch a ton of those. Um, and yeah, I mean, I don't know if this answers your question. I'm sorry that I go to Masterclass and not to a book. No, no, absolutely. Masterclass works. Um, I'm a, I haven't taken a Masterclass class yet, <laughs> but I, I've seen all the classes and that art of negotiation and it's it's on my yeah. list because it's a skill set that you can take uh anywhere you go right um, exactly even in your personal life right? you can negotiate things definitely so i'll <laughs> definitely be be checking that out um awesome so awesome. to to wrap it up uh what is what what will be your one of your main takeaways uh, that you really want the audience to absorb from this episode as, as it pertains to customer support and, and building teams? Um. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, I mean, we, we talked a, about a ton of different topics on, on this call and, you know, everything is super, super interesting. I think my main takeaway is that, you know, life is short, things can change at any second. Um, I think 2020 really, really taught us that. Um, so make sure that you enjoy what you're doing, that you treat people around you with empathy and respect, and most importantly, that you keep learning. Um, the future of work is changing. There's nothing that we can do about it. It is going to change. And there are incredible, incredible opportunities out there, both in support and outside. I'm super excited to see how companies adjust, how they adapt to this new reality, and also how cities evolve too. I think we're, we're going to see a ton, a ton of excitement um, and it's going to be an incredible few years ahead for the hybrid workforce as well. And I know this is not too related to customer support, but the good news is that customer support is going to follow this innovation. It's going to evolve as well. We're going to see a ton of, you know, teams adopting this hybrid remote mm -hmm. uh, work style. And I'm very, very excited for that. I think we're going to be able to access talent anywhere in the world much, much easier. And that is an incredible thought. Awesome, Susana. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to be here with us, get, helping us learn more about Loom, about your background, and sharing with us uh, all your knowledge about customer support, customer experience, building teams, and whatnot. So thank you so much. Absolutely. And uh, no. hoping to have you on another episode down the road. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for this opportunity, Caesar. It's been an absolute pleasure uh, being here and I would love to sync anytime. Thank you. <laughs> My pleasure. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And of course, if you don't want to miss on new upcoming episodes, make sure to subscribe to the podcast through your favorite podcast app. Thank you so much again and until next time.